Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance with Keyshawn, Josh, and Jay Williams. Freddie Coleman in for Max Kellerman. Always hit us on Twitter at Keyshawn, at Real J. Williams, and at Coleman ESPN. And, and Key, I'll have you start with this because we know the quarterback position, for my money and anybody's money, the most important position in sports, especially those two New York teams. we got the New York Jets and Zach Wilson, hoping that he's going to be better in year two than he was in year one. And Daniel Jones, they keep waiting. And now they got a guy in Brian Dable, the head coach, former offense coordinator, Buffalo Bills. When he comes out and says, I try to tell him to fit tight throws in there, you throw a few, a few picks at practice, heh. <laughs> No sweat. That's why we do this, to see what we can do and what we can't do. That tells me that you got an offensive coordinator saying that, man, I hope I can manage this guy enough that if he's not the guy, it's not really going to cost us early on this season with the New York Giants. I, I mean, I guess you could look at it from that standpoint, Freddie. Um, bad habits you got to get rid of. And if you practice bad habits, you're going to carry those bad habits into a game. Um, I wouldn't want to create the bad habits for the quarterback. And I think I, I understand what Brian Dable is saying and trying to do. Right. But I think every, every coach coaches differently, but I think personally that's the wrong way to go. And I hate to make New York giant fans cringe, <laughs> but you don't practice bad habits. You get rid of bad habits. And so having someone throw through tight windows and taking chances in practice because you think you're going to hit it in practice and it's going to work and you can carry it to the game. The game is totally different in practice. Way different. So guys are judged based on practice. This is when guys make the team and get cut. So guys are going to do things in practice that make you go, ooh, try them same damn things in the game and watch what happens. You can only imagine, Freddie. Yeah. And so when you look at it, think about quarterbacks for a minute. When you see quarterbacks running around and they get out of the pocket and you're like, man, just throw the ball away, throw the ball away, throw the ball away. And they don't throw it away and they throw back across their body, ill-advised play, what it it tends to happen. It winds up getting tipped. It winds up being a pick. Something crazy like that. Yes, Patrick Mahomes can get away with it once every 30 tries. Right. But those are bad habits because he got away with that in practice. Throw the damn ball in the stands eight in the eighth row, man. And you teach him that in practice. And if it carries over into the game, you win. And if not, Jay, you lose. I've never been a quarterback on the football field, but I have been a quarterback on the basketball court as it relates to managing and delivering the ball. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges I had my rookie year, my freshman year in college, was I was too robotic. 
I was too on my own mind about where I need I needed to deliver the ball at the time I needed to deliver the ball. That was no longer reactionary. I was no longer aggressive because I was too busy thinking. And there is a part of me that I can relate to Daniel Jones because I see that. He's going through his progressions in his mind. He's trying not to make a mistake. And inevitably, Freddie, when you play that way, too, Key, you, you make mistakes because now you're robotic. Yep. Like now you're pressing too hard. So there is an element as, a, as relates to my sophomore year when Coach K said, going to my offseason, screw it, just be aggressive. Play, attack, attack, attack. You're going to make mistakes. But they, he learned for me that it was easier to then streamline my mistakes that I made while I was being aggressive to help me think through it because now I was, I was becoming reactionary again. I was making reads. So there, there's a part of me that I like what Brian Dable is doing because I want, I want him, Daniel Jones, to be aggressive and I want him to attack because I, I do think he will probably make less mistakes when he is in attack mode and he is being aggressive than him being robotic and overthinking the game by trying to measure everything all the time, Freddie. Like, it, I, I kind of like this style, and I, I hear what Key's saying, and look, Key can be proven right if it yeah. goes wrong. No, I'm right. But I it's don't a, need to be proven it, right. But it's, a great, <laughs> but it's a great gamble. No, I'm right. It's a great gamble for Brian Dable because now you don't need Daniel Jones to play it safe while you're trying to realize this year whether he's going to be your guy or not. You don't want him to play it safe. You want him to be aggressive. I, I'm 100% right. I am 100% right, Jay, and the reason I say that is because he's been a turnover machine. I understand. I, I understand. He's been a he, turnover. He was better you're last to, year. You're trying to fix his turnovers. Mm-hmm. But you don't fix him by making him more cautionary. No, you fix it by teaching him don't take chances unnecessarily. See, when you take chances as a quarterback unnecessarily, that's when bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And when you're telling him to fit it in tight windows – that aren't there, the ball gets tipped, somebody steps in front of it, intercepts it, that, that's when you're taking the wrong chances. And if he carries that into a game because of bad habits, you're not your son, I was going to say your son, but people's kids have bad habits, habits yeah. when they're shooting from the hip with the basketball Fair because point. guess why? They're watching Steph Curry do it. Right. Those are bad. That's not that. You th- can't do it like Patrick no, Mahomes can do it. No, yeah. those are bad habits. And so, in practice, you always are going to look better in practice than you are in games because practice is script. It's set up for you to have success. And if you get caught up in that success that you have in practice, and you try to carry that into a game, you're going to lose. Just trust me on that. I don't know one quarterback coach. Or one head coach that would tell you bad habits in practice works good in games. Yeah, but it's not like Brian Dable Key is saying, "Hey, fit it into that tight window all the time." It's it's not it's not. Yep. I, I I feel like when people so hear me, fit me, it into that tight window, that means every time you see something, make it work. So let me ask you this though: When you get away with something once, what do you don't you try do? it a second time? I don't. Not no, in sports. I just said people. Not in people, but I said not in sports. You keep your personal stuff out of this. I'm just saying saying in sports, you get away with it. You get away with it once. You try it again. We're going to kick the 50 yard field goal. He hit it. Yeah, but that's not true, though. They, it's I'm telling you, Key. There have been times in a game uh-huh. where I would hit somebody in traffic mm-hmm. with a behind the back pass because I saw it in the play. 
gave me that moment. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of other times where I'd be on a fast break. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I can't, I'm not gonna force that right now. It was up to my discretion to understand the moment to kind of factor in whether I decided to take that chance or not. But it was more calculated. But those weren't that. That wasn't a bad habit, though. That was yes. something that but happens I, uh, simultaneously a reaction. But it was a bad habit for me because my freshman year I turned the ball over a ton, a ton. Whereas my sophomore year, because I was overthinking. I turned it over a ton. I think it was that. My coaches used to joke with me, like, oh, you're averaging like six or seven turnovers a game. You might be averaging a but quadruple double. But the difference is the difference in what your coaches were telling you in your style of playing basketball is different than what they're telling Daniel Jones. They're telling him to take those chances. Coach K wasn't saying, throw the ball behind your back. Oh, it's good. Take that chance. There's a difference there. Yeah. He's not telling you to do that. I feel you, but it, can't you relate a little bit to the no. point? Uh, Shut up. <laughs> That's my point. When you when you I'm sure you've seen wide receivers like this, right? When you guys get your playbooks and somebody who's you new coming into the league, because I did this in my rookie year in the league, you're looking at your playbook like, damn man, I like this is a lot of stuff for me to think through. And all of a sudden you're not becoming reactionary. Well, yeah, because when you're thinking you're not playing fast and and, and you're not just out there naturally doing your deal. It happens to because it's all new. So you're out there trying to figure out where to line up at, where the numbers are. Oh, my God. I got to now figure out what the secondary is getting ready to do. Now you're talking of to Of course. Me. Yeah. Right. Don't, you, don't you see that in Daniel Jones a little bit? No. No, you, you I don't, don't see it either. You don't see that this at all? This is his no. fourth year. I understand yeah. it's going into his fourth you're year. You're going yeah. to his fourth year? Yes, I understand it. Yeah. But yeah. his turnovers got better last year, though, Freddie. Yeah, but you know why? By because what? they were so bad they didn't let him throw the football. I, that look, too, though. I am not look. I am not sitting up here advocating they ran the for them to keep Daniel Jones for the next you. five years. I'm not at all. Like I've been the one last year saying I don't think he's the answer. Right. But my thing is, if he's going to go out, are you going to teach him all of a sudden to be safe in yeah. like five months? Good if you're Brian Dable, you're, you're trying to see yes. if he's a. You're trying. I'm trying to see if he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Yes, and here's how I can tell if he's a Super Bowl quarterback. If he's processing the information that I'm giving him, mm-hmm. and if I'm giving him the right information to process. And on top of that, is he doing everything that we are telling him when he's processing that information to make himself a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Key, I love you. This dude just coached Josh Allen and yeah. got him to a point. I there's a part of me that wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I'm not, not going up to this point because of what I've seen with Josh I'm, Allen. I'm so not. Giving, I kind of like the mentality until it gets proven wrong. I understand that, and I'm not saying that what he's doing is wrong for his coaching. What I am saying with this particular individual who's been a turnover machine, I would try to get him to not do those things opposed to get him to try and fit it in windows in practice that are all practices like everything's perfect. But doesn't it feel like he's playing with house money? Like because if if it's if you're not the guy, you're not the guy, we're going to go out and find the guy. you got a year to show well, us what it Peter, is. Well, uh, Tyrod Taylor – being in six games anyway, yeah. so it won't matter. <laughs> Keyshawn, yeah. Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Dally. Insurance. Great discussion by those guys. Don't forget Progressive Commercial Insurance protects small businesses with affordable coverage options. Quote today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. That is ProgressiveCommercial.com on ESPN Radio, the ESPN at Sirius X Channel 80. Let's continue this discussion a little bit more with Peter King from Football Morning in America. He joins us here at Keyshawn J. Will and Max. We're going to talk about his rankings for every NFL team on this week's Football Morning in America. And, Peter, you have the Giants at 24th, going 4-13, and missing the playoffs. You heard what Keyshawn and Jabel had to say about the quarterback, Daniel Jones, and what Brian Dayball is trying to get him to do. 
how much of that factored into why you have the Giants at number 24 in your rankings? I agree more with Jay than with you two guys, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. uh, because to me, to me, I think that Daniel Jones has never had, when he's entered any of his four seasons in the any of his previous three seasons in the NFL, he never had uh, two receivers uh, playing in tandem as good as these two guys, Kadarius Tony, who was a mess last year, who may still be a mess. Uh, and Kenny Galladay. He never had two bookend tackles playing together like uh, Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, and he seemingly has a healthy running back now, which he's had off and on uh, in Saquon Barkley. So I totally think that the Giants are doing the right thing at quarterback. Find out if this guy can be the guy coached by a really good quarterback coach not by Joe Judge and by the coaches he had last year. In my opinion, I think they're doing the right thing. I have no idea if it's going to work or not, but I'd be doing exactly what they'd be doing. They are doing. Yeah, he he hasn't played with a a task of players like you just mentioned, Peter, but at the same time, I'm looking to get him out of bad habits, not create bad habits for him. And I think when you create bad habits, and look, and, maybe, and that may be Brian Dable's recipe for the success that he had with Josh Allen. I don't know. But what I do know is when you are telling a quarterback to take the type of chances in tight windows in a practice, it is different in a game. Those windows aren't going to be the same in a game as they are in practice. Players aren't jogging around in games the way that they are in practice. That window looks tight to you in practice, but in a game, that window is nowhere near. So the room for error isn't as great in a regular season game as it is in practice. So that's my only issue is when you're teaching a guy who has been known not only as a fumbler, but also as a pick machine in his young 10-year career to take chances, it scares me. I I mean, look, there's no question about it. He's been a turnover machine. If he continues to be one, he'll be a backup quarterback for the rest of however long he's a a quarterback in the NFL. So all of that is obvious. To me, I interpret what Brian Dable is saying, play with confidence. Don't play scared. Uh, I want you to be the quarterback that made you the sixth pick in the draft out of Duke. And uh, when you played great under David Cutcliffe, who's a really good coach of quarterbacks, I, I just, I think a lot of times in the off season, we overrate things that are said. And, and look, this guy has been a quarterback for a long time. How, however many years he was at Duke and now three years in the NFL, he knows that the game is different in May than it is in October. He'll understand that. I think he's smart enough to know the difference of when to take chances. I view what Dable is saying to him is, as get some confidence. We have faith in you. I think it's Dable saying we have faith in you, not I want you to throw the ball into dangerous windows. Mm-hmm. Peter King, Football Morning in America, joining us on Keyshawn J. Will and Max Freddie Coleman filling in for Max this morning. Peter, after the Jets had an incredible draft, you had them ranked at number 27. And I have to tell you, 
I agree with you, my man. Uh, we were on our show a couple of days ago, and we were trying to find five to six to seven wins, and it seemed incredibly challenging uh, considering what their schedule is like. Uh, what do you see as their biggest growth potential being? Well, I mean, look, one of the reasons I rated them fairly low, even though I think Joe Douglas has made all the right moves, I rated them fairly low because, to me, the, the, the two most important things they need to do <clears throat> is to find out whether Zach Wilson can be an above-average to very good NFL quarterback or whether right now he's just a caretaker. Though That's, that's going to be a crucial thing about this season. You know, he had mechanics issues last year. He played okay down the stretch, but we haven't seen it out of him yet. And that is vital if you're going to play against a tough schedule, uh, which the Jets certainly have, and if you're going to win in the NFL. And I think secondarily, you were asking <clears throat> Robert Sala to take Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson and make a pass rush out of those guys. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that neither of these guys have ever stepped on a field in a regular season game for the New York Jets. And you're saying, hey, guys, hit the ground running and go scare Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and, and Deshaun Watson or whoever it's going to be in the first month of the season. I, I mean, it's a lot to ask a very young team that you are just putting together. Peter, how did you come up with the Buffalo Bills landing at number one in your ranking, given the fact that they lose what I would deem as the quarterback whisperer in Brian Dable, offensive play caller, and turn to a guy in Ken Dorsey who's, from my recollection, has never called a play in the National Football League, although he's been on the staff and around the Buffalo Bills. You know, Keyshawn, I just think that in the last two years, I'm not saying that <clears throat> that Josh Allen can go on automatic pilot right now, but he'll play this year at 26. Uh, in his last two years, he's thrown 73 touchdown passes. He's playing with incredible confidence right now. He understands exactly how the position needs to be played. Uh, and look, coaches leave all the time on great staffs uh, and great teams. They get jobs. And what happens? You just move on. You just have to go. And again, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not saying that it's meaningless uh, that that Brian Dable is not going to be there. I think he's a very good coach, but I think you know Josh Allen is able to uh, you know to play well without him. And I think the other part of Buffalo is look the one thing that that I know that Brandon Bean wanted to address this offseason. We could argue, I mean, it's been four years since Von Miller's had a double-digit sack season. And so we could argue that Von Miller might be going downhill a bit. But this contract he signed basically is for the next two years. It's called a six-year contract, but it's for the next two years. That's when they desperately need edge rush help, and that's why they got Von Miller. So – I think they're a little bit better than they were a year ago. And this, quite frankly, is about the easiest pick I've ever made since I've been doing these rankings for the best team in football. I'll be 
I'm not saying I'll be shocked if they don't get to the Super Bowl, but it would surprise me. Yeah, that might have been one of the easiest picks, but one of the worst picks you ever made was keeping the Saints Uh out of the top ten. And that's because of nepotism, Uh clearly, with my nephew and Michael Thomas (laughs) coming back to join the forces (laughs) of the New Orleans Saints. Keyshawn, I got to tell you, I got killed in my email. Everybody says I rank the Saints too high at 11. Oh, wow. Don't pay attention to emails. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. I mean that that is a top five in my if Jarvis Landry yes. can stay healthy, that's a top five NFL receiver group. No question. And we saw Jameis yeah. when he was healthy turn things around for the short stint. We know what Alva Kamara is. The defense got better getting Honey Badger. I'm just like I can't believe that Peter has them outside the top ten. So Peter, why are they eleven? I mean, I thought I was giving him a lot of credit. I mean, <laughs> you know, to me, look, I like Jameis Winston, but I need to see a full season yeah, of Jameis fair. Winston not fair. turning the ball over. That's okay, fair. And I also, I, I, I remember being in Saints camp and seeing Jameis Winston and Sean Payton and basically seeing him like, you know, like a little puppy looking up at, at the at the mama dog and, and thinking, how great is it that I get to play for Sean Payton? Well, Payton's gone. And I think we might be underrating the loss of those brain cells mm. inside their Saturday night meetings when they decide, hey, here's the plays we're calling tomorrow. Right. I, I think that's a great point. Peter, you also got the Chargers at number two. And one of the narratives I've been on is, you know, Justin Herbert now is in the MVP conversation. I know, he, you know, part of the Vegas odds for that. But how much pressure does this now put on Brandon Staley? Finally got the defense up and going. Derwin James was talking about Khalil Mack the other day, saying how, how much he's improved, how great he looks. How much pressure is on Brandon Staley? There's no team that addressed all of its needs as much as the Chargers did. Maybe Philadelphia was close, but the Chargers, in getting Khalil Mack to be opposite Bosa and getting J.C. Jackson to bolster the secondary and getting two big bodies on a run-generous defensive front, Mm. uh, they've done a lot there. And I think the other thing that they did that the general manager, Tom Telesco, did that was really smart is that they signed Mike Williams long-term, the receiver, before the receiver market went bonkers. And so that was everything they've done, I think, has been ahead of the curve. And, yes, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yes, they spit the bid at the end of the season. I get it. But that was all because, at least in my opinion, the defense was way too generous and forced Justin Herbert to have to score in the 30s to make sure he could win. And that even that wasn't always good enough. So – I just – this is the team I think is going to make the biggest jump this year. Always outstanding stuff from Peter King from Football Morning in America, putting Keyshawn in this place a little bit when it comes to the Saints and his power rankings. Joining us here on Keyshawn J. Willemax <laughs> on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Always appreciate you, brother. Take care and be well, my friend. All right, Peter. All right, Pete. Take care, Freddie. See you guys. Great stuff by Peter King. He needs King. to stay off his emails. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he thought he was being generous. I told you it was, it was about Jameis Winston. Uh-huh. Of course, it's the quarterback. Well, yeah. it should be about the quarterback, and especially you're wondering post-Sean Payton, 
how this it's is going to point. look because this is really going to be as much more to probably put on Dennis Allen, replace John Payton. Jameis Winston has a chance to be with that kind of offense. And, Key, you guys mentioned it, having those weapons, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas coming back, Alvin Kamara, if this is not going to work out, they're not going to blame the coach or the players. They're going to look at the quarterback and Jameis Winston. Yeah, no question about it. But I, I say the same thing for the Bills, just like Peter said about Sean Payton. Primary play caller, wizard with the pen. I look at that for the Buffalo Bills and, and Josh Allen and Brian Dable as well. They're going to be missing – something that is fam- the quarterback is familiar with mm-hmm. in the headset, the play calling, the way that you uh, uh, are, are calling plays. Yeah. An extension of the offensive coordinator is the head coach. When you got a new OC calling plays, it's a totally different thing. Pete Carmichael, who's the offensive coordinator now for the New Orleans Saints, essentially was part of the dynamic play calling of Sean Payton. He replaced Sean Payton back in the day when Sean was suspended. So he has some experience at calling plays over the course of an NFL season. We'll see exactly how that's going to work. But either way, the Saints may be one of the more intriguing teams that a lot of people will be talking about before the NFL season. Keyshawn J. Will and Max here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Six X and Channel 80. When it comes to coaches and doing things for their team, one coach went beyond that involving his team, a key game, as well as his sport. That's next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Freddie coming in for Max Kellerman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Series XM Channel 80. So many people still trying to digest what we all went through again, another mass shooting in the United States. 19 children and two at a school in Texas. The shooting 18-year-old gentleman, or just an 18-year-old man, was taken out by the police. Steve Kerr is really, really tired of having these kind of conversations, and he talked about that before the Golden State Warriors played game four last night against the Dallas Mavericks. In Southern California, and now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up. I've had enough. We're going to play the game tonight. But I want every person here, every person listening to this, to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister or brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs. You know, come on, Mavs, let's go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go play a basketball game. And, and 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage. You realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check. 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. Sometimes words can go a long way, gentlemen. Steve Kerr's words went a long way, whether people agreed with it or disagreed with it. But he was not just going to be silent, even before about to play a game, which he said does not mean anything compared to what's going on in this country, especially this year with mass shootings. Right. The game to me last night was meaningless, honestly. Uh, after hearing this news and calling my family and checking into my own kids. Um, and I, I can't imagine what these parents are going through. Um, but I, I am at this point now as a 40-year-old grown man where I, I'm just willing to publicly back Steve Kerr here on this one. And, you know, a lot of people try to come at this conversation by saying, well, there's so many things you have to clean up. It's like if you were to come onto a soccer field, I remember coming to a soccer field that got littered everywhere when I was younger, and somebody would say, well, you can't clean all this up. Like, yeah, but you have to start with one piece at a time, right? And you keep picking up pieces after pieces. And it, to me, one major step is what Steve Kerr is saying about HRA, 
which is restricting people and going through background checks for owning a gun. Uh, I am a gun owner. Like I, I understand this. Like I didn't go through any process at all, pretty much uh, as that. And when you understand that and you see that this bill has been passed uh, through the House, it's been trying to pass since 2013. It was then proposed again in 2021. It got passed, and it's been languishing in the Senate uh, for this whole period of time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's problematic because it's about that one step. And I'm not saying that's going to fix every problem because we can talk about the secondary market. Key and I have talked multiple times at this show about coming from backgrounds. Key's background different than mine, but I've seen guns since growing up. I've heard them. I've been around them. Um, it doesn't fix all the problems, but it starts the process. And uh, I, so I am with Steve Kerr because I am tired of saying prayers and condolences as well because this happened so many times. Even this year, this year, it's happened 220-plus times. This year in 2022. So I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and we have to continue to apply pressure. You know, I'm not as dialed in probably as Jay on the HRA just because I'm not interested in guns. I, I'm What I'm interested in is kids' lives. Yeah. And so for me, whether they're kids, adults, whatever the case may be, the meaningless things that have gone on with the violence that I've seen since I've been an adult to really understand gun violence. Because as a kid growing up in South Central Los Angeles, you can buy a gun down the street at the felt like at the local liquor store. It was like there's no you can, people had guns readily available because of the violent nature of the neighborhoods that I grew up in. So I understand that part of it. But what I don't understand is how do we and why do we continue to let this sort of thing happen? It feels like every single year, multiple times, over and over and over, kids, innocent kids are losing their lives. Parents are having to bury their child when it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And when you look at or you hear about parents buying kids guns, teaching kids how to shoot guns for whatever the mental state of the mind of the child who has that gun is, I don't know. But what I do know is guns are getting in the wrong hands and then they're taking it out on kids that haven't even had a chance to even live, man. They haven't a chance to live. They don't even know what it's like to run from a bullet. They don't even know what it's like to dive underneath the desk to protect themselves or run in another classroom and close the door and barricade themselves in there. They don't know. But yet and still, there's a struggle to pass laws to slow things down. I I just don't understand. And I I say to myself, whoever the individuals are in, in Congress, the Senate, whatever the case may be, Imagine if it was one of yours that you had to now prepare a funeral for. And those out there that have never had to prepare a funeral, go sit down with the the people at the mortuary and talk about what the casket is like, picking picking it out and all of that sort of stuff. I have because I lost my daughter last year. So I had to go through all of that and sit there and figure all of those things out because she was supposed to be burying me. I'm not supposed to be burying her. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way families in Texas feel. Okay. 
Sandy Hook. I could go on and on and on and on about those parents. It's it's yeah. just it's crazy to me. And unfortunately, it may not get any less crazy. That's the world that seems to be that we're living in. But hopefully, at a certain point, something like this will generate change where we're not talking about this in terms of young kids who had nothing to do with the state of mind when it comes to something when a situation happens like this. Back in one minute here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app for Series X and Channel 80. So, J. Will, because these things only happen to J. Will and not to me or Keyshawn, had a chance to see people wrestling in terms of legs, leg wrestling on the floor of an airport. What could possibly be right about this? So, I, I, it was trending on, on Twitter, too. You know I'm all over this kind of stuff, Phil uh, Freddy. So gross. When you, it was like an <laughs> older mother who was leg wrestling this random guy, got battled, challenged with it. They were on the ground. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, the older lady won the leg wrestle. Is it, how impressive is that? And I'm like, how nasty Amen. is it? Why are you laying on the airport floor? And then when she won, she, like, rolled over on it, was, like, celebrating. I'm like, Ugh. maybe I'm just crazy. I just, 
And I've slept on airport floors before, like long-term, like layovers, like back in the day when I was younger. Key's looking at me out of sight. I'm like, why didn't you go get a hotel? <laughs> yeah, yes. but as a kid, you as a kid, pre-pandemic and everything else, of course you sat down on the floor. Yeah. And you, if you were late and you were tired as a kid, but being grown, rolling around on a Give me a number, Freddie. Well, how many how many shoes do you think oh. walk over that in a day? In that particular area, not even shoes. I've yeah. seen people spit yeah. whatever at, at the airport. Just literally, so on the ground, like <laughs> gross. There's not it, a number enough. See, people do some nasty ass stuff. See, that's a conversation. What was acceptable before the pandemic that is no longer acceptable? It wasn't now? acceptable. Well, as a kid, yes. Not as okay, as a kid. You do some different things as a kid. I dropped food on the ground, picked it up, and ate it. As a kid. I ain't uh, doing that as an adult. Where's the Where's the food being I dropped? I don't give a damn where. <laughs> where's the food being? If the food is being dropped at my house, your I house got a two-second rule. But your house is different. <laughs> That's what Your so, housekeeper so, and your nanny no, Stop clean the floor. You don't know. I don't have a housekeeper. <laughs> there this, is what he, this is projection, Freddie. Projection. Uh-huh. No. And I will not have it happen they to me. They clean the floor. <laughs> This man. All the time. So it's different. <laughs> when you out in the public as a kid and you drop now. it, you pick it up. And you eat it as a kid. They, they, that's what I did as a kid. As a grown-ass man, no. Yeah, I'm not doing that at a place no. that's not, not mine. No, mm-hmm. so why would I lay on the floor and wrestle around, roll around? It's just, that's gross. Ugh. Well, do you do it outside? Like, would you ever wrestle around your kids outside? Do I do what? Like, wrestle with your kids outside on the ground. No. You never wrestled with your kids outside I on the ground? I can't picture Keyshawn doing that. No. no. Why? Why? Like at a park or like somewhere? Like A park is on grass, Jay. That's uh, different. People are walking around on the grass. Yeah, but it's different, though. What's it's the different. difference? Different. It's what's different. The, tell me what the difference first is. First of all, you're on the It I, looks green and it looks clean? No, but first of all, <laughs> it's grass and it's something that's acceptable. <laughs> uh, it is Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and oh. Max not rushing on the floor at airports here <laughs> oh. on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. See if they can tell. the door in here. I'm <laughs> trapped with this dude. <laughs> Why am I trapped with people just coughing? <laughs> Cecily, what's going on? Uh, they're going to be hazmat suits down there in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're both out of the studios at 99.9 ESPN, the fan down in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have an so, acrylic shield between us. Yeah, oh, them, <laughs> yes, more like a force field, like a diabolical chamber. Hey, no, Freddie, it's one YouTube. of those little shields. It's like a like a 10 by 20. Yeah. Like that's going to protect me. Wait, I'm like, no, I'm gonna reach wait, around, let me reach I around the Jay, shield and smack Jay, you. What does that do? Jay, I just, I swear to you. Uh-huh. Before I came out here two days ago, I went to the bank. Uh-huh. And the lady was in the, you know, we're in her office. Right. And she had the shield. And I said to her. So the whole office is open, but there's a little shield. The there. shield was about the size of a TV. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, what does this do? And she's like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of this. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, I could just, you know what? Here, let me hand you my card. <laughs> and I handed it to her around the thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, she came out of the office to get me. With no mask on, in the waiting room, to take me in the office where there was a shield. I don't uh, understand. Right. Wow. So wait, think about what I just said. She walked out of her office, oh, I got it. into the lounge waiting area with uh-huh. no mask on, to take me back into an office with a shield that was only protecting this small space. <laughs> like it didn't even make any sense. The word protecting. That's that's the problem. It's, it's not protecting anybody. Like you just. 
you, spat it all over me walking oh, out talking to me. Yeah, let, let's just move away from all of this because we need Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst, future Hall of Famer, to just completely save us from this here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Hey, y'all carry on, man. I'm over here dying laughing, man. No, is Give that not ABC? Give me more. Is it not no, true, though? I understand it. It's so real, hey, BC. No, I understand it. So I, I understand it as a tall person because, you know, sometimes, right. you know, when you go to talk, to, when you go to talk, you know, go anywhere and they're talking to you through the glass, you know, it's like I can't hear you, so I'll either lean, stand over, it's like, what'd you say? Or lean around, like, what'd you say? <laughs> like, you know, what are we protecting? Because I can literally stand above this or step to the right or left, and I can hear you clearly and see you clearly. Like, <laughs> First I, I off, BC, I take offense to your tall person comment. Because 6'2 oh is not being small. Be bro. Every, every, I, well, I am sensitive around you, obviously. Well, because you can hear it through the little little piece of hole that wow. keeps See, why, I got, why everything I got me doing is little. Now now it's through the little piece. Small <laughs> people. Why are you using those words? Oh, wow. wow. It's well, the little things that matter. You are Carolina to a different level here. <laughs> Speaking of little, you're right. That was a low blow. <laughs> See, come on, BC. You're better than that. My bad. My Actually, bad. I don't know if you are oh, North snap. Carolina graduate. Oh man, damn it. <laughs> All right, my bad. <laughs> okay. Either way, it was a my bad by the Golden State Warriors last night, losing to Dallas Mavericks in game four. Nobody believes that Dallas can make this a game six, but what about you, BC? Well, you figured they were going to come out in, in, in game what game four and, and just let it all hang out. And that's, that's the toughest team to guard because they have nothing to lose now, and they're playing at home. So you're hoping for some home cooking and for your role players to play great it, and hopefully give you a chance. And, you know, that's what Lucas said. It's like, yeah, you know, we, we still believe. You know, you, you could say that, but you still got to go out there and show it. And they did that. They put their mark on the game in the first quarter and, and, and knocked these guys out and just made it tough for them. And, you know, I, I want to say this at the end of the game, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think about, about this, but as a coach, that's got to be the toughest position to be in when you've taken your starters out you put your reserve guys in, they play well, they get you to eight points. Now what do you do? Do you continue to leave those guys in or do you put your starters back in who has not played well, who are getting blown by defensively, giving up everything under the sun with this group? So I felt that at, at that situation, you wait to like the two-minute, minute-and-a-half, two-minute mark to see if you want to put those guys in because the, that, that reserve unit – they were playing well. They were hitting shots. They were moving the ball, and they were defending. As soon as they put their starters back in, because I thought they, they shouldn't have done a mass, sub, mass sub, substitution. You, you just kind of sub some of your starters in slowly, slowly, one by one, two by two, or whatever. And then next thing you know, it got out of hand again. VC, what were some of the little things that the Mavs did differently to uh, allow them to, to, to keep their season alive against Golden State? Well, some of the small things that I recognized was uh, – um, <laughs> That's all you can't think about what you're going to say. See? That's what happens to both y'all. Small things. No, no. <laughs> he said well, some of the little things. So, small things like I think Luca empowering his guys who who have come up a little short uh, in, the, in the first three games now uh, came up a little taller or, or bigger in this game. And they were knocking down shots because Max Cleaver was able to knock down some shots Finney Smith, uh, Bertans, I mean, th- that was important for those guys to knock down. Because, yeah, we could say, you know, uh, Dinwiddie and, and Brunson 
as well as Luka, need to step up and play well. They do. And they, they have. We've seen when they have big games, they still lost by 20. They needed everyone. They needed a collective effort. And I think they got some home cooking, feeling good at home, as well as just the others knocking down shots. You know, gave them a, a huge victory that they needed uh, to stay alive. Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. VC, so Joel Embiid was left off all NBA first team. And, yeah. and, and here, here's my issue with everything right now. All I've been hearing about basketball is we, we can no longer look at this game as a game of positions, right? It's positionless, it's positionless mm-hmm. sport, right? So mm-hmm. why do we still have archaic measures that go into place about how we name all NBA first team? The five best players in the league – Put them on all NBA first team. Who cares whatever old position we should qualify them as? Why can't we get over that? Why is Joel Embiid (laughs) on second team? I I feel like, you know, everybody's going to argue because they they, they did it last night on on, on TNT. And, you know, one thing that was said, well, how come we change the all-star game, (laughs) but we're not changing the voting? Like it, that just that just doesn't make sense to me. So I think that is something that will be addressed, and, and I hope that's addressed because yes, Joel Embiid, it, it's it's insane to see that he was uh, on the second team. So we address people leg resting on the floor. Jay Williams taking offense to Vince Carter calling him short, and now Joel Embiid being left on the first team. Got it. We had a lot yeah. of stuff to go with Vince Carter. <laughs> Does a great job. ESPN NBA analyst <laughs> on Twitter have Mr. Vince Carter fifteen joining us in Keyshawn. RBC, I'm Jay in your neck Max. of the woods. <laughs> African American studies you? course. He's in Raleigh. <laughs> and, 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 and either way. Wow. 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 It's the little things, man. It's the little things that people do sometimes to get under your skin. I get it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.